Wow. <laughs> there, are, there are moments during our time when we sing, um, which is generally right before I come up to speak, that, that it's so beautiful and so powerful that it just messes me up, okay? And this is one of those moments. So don't be doing that Jesus blood stuff right before I have to get up here, all right? <laughs> and love and... Ah, my wife isn't here. I don't have my security blanket. It's just, I'm, I'm a mess. All right? So, thank you so much. <laughs> um, it's, it's awesome, though. And if that doesn't do something in your soul, um, man, I, I, I don't know, what's, you know what's, what's going on with this. Maybe we've forgotten that it is ultimately a power outside of ourselves that saves us. And... Um, um, the work is done, and it's a beautiful, powerful work, and it's always available. So regardless of how far you've strayed, regardless of what you've done, it's there. And that blood cleanses today in the same way that it cleansed hundreds and thousands of years ago. It still cleanses. still cleanses. All right, so we continue this morning with um, our Lifeline series. And uh, if you weren't there, um, you missed out. We, were, we gathered on Tuesday and Thursday this past week, and we worked out with Brooke, and it was good. Um, I, w- I couldn't get there on Tuesday, but I was there on Thursday. My family was there on Tuesday, and they could hardly walk on Wednesday. And they said some things about Brooke that I'm not allowed to repeat um, in church. It was all in love, though. And um, then Thursday, I got to be there, and it was awesome, man. Brooke just led us, and we had a great group of folks there. So here's the deal. If you want to join in, get in on it Monday this week. We have the concert Tuesday night. Join us on Monday for a workout with Brooke, 7 o'clock Upper Youth Center. And uh, you can kind of pay as you go along if you don't want to pay for the whole time because you're not sure what your schedule is. But if you, you know, you just want to come for workout, one workout or four or five workouts, uh, we got some left and we'd love for you to come. It's a great, great, great time. You will sweat and you will be in pain, but it's, it's all good. It's all good pain. Amen? Amen? Cool, cool. So, um, yeah, we'll continue that. Uh, and again, don't forget uh, All Sons and Daughters on Tuesday night. Here's where we are on tickets. So if you're waiting, if you're waiting, uh, don't wait too long. We're about 60% capacity at this point. Um, we pack this place out. Uh, we hold 712, and we will get right at 712, if not more. And uh, so tickets are moving. I encourage you to come for an amazing night of worship and uh, just join us in fellowship and Lots of people from our community will gather with us, and it's kind of cool to be shoulder to shoulder with with other folks. All right? Pray with me. Father God, it's good to be in this place. It's good to be reminded of the power of the blood of Jesus to forgive and to cleanse, to rescue us. Uh, Lord, may it be, may you remind us of that continually, and may you remind us too, God, that, that we are here to bring honor and glory to your name. And because of that blood, we absolutely can. In fact, we can focus primarily on bringing honor and glory to your name because there's nothing that we can add to what you've already done. So Father God, be in this place right now. May your spirit move in Jesus' name. 
Amen, amen. Um, Hebrews 11, chapter 1, that's where we started last week. We're going to pick up in Hebrews 11, 1, and we're going to make our way through a, a number of other passages. Um, but we, we kicked off Lifeline 1, talking about faith. This is the second part of faith that we're going to dive into today. But I want to begin with the foundational passage that we used last week. This is sort of what we're building on, so we don't get anything twisted that for the, for, the, for the reason why we do what we do with our bodies, why we work out, why we eat right, why we do all these things, that's what we're kind of honing in on. And one of the things we, we understood from last time is that it's more about being, not so much about being fit as much as it is being faithful, right? Um, and so we talked about how Jesus really is our true lifeline, um, and, and so we're going to dive back into this, uh, but I want to begin with Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 again. Read it with me. We're reading it from the message version, Hebrews 11, 1. You can follow along. Check this out. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, talking about faith, this trust in God, this faith is the firm foundation. Hang on to that. Under everything that makes life worth living, it's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. So one of the distinguishing things about us, because we are people of faith, is in fact that faith, right? It sets us apart, sort of sets us apart from everyone else. There are people, obviously, that aren't, that aren't of faith or belief, but we're set apart because we are of faith and belief. All right, so as we get into it here, let me begin with this. Um, Throughout my college years, I spent um, most of my summers working at, at summer camp. That was, that was what I wanted to do. Um, obviously, as a guy who was training to be a pastor and a theology major, that's probably a good place to spend my time uh, because it's ministry. You know, it's ministry to young people and so forth. And that's where I spent most of my summers throughout my college years. And um, I spent a lot of time on the water. I worked at a camp in North, in, not North, in Arkansas that was near uh, a huge lake. It's near Hot Springs, Arkansas. Huge lake, about 800 miles of shoreline. And... Um, during camp, we would have these things called outposts. And outposts was where you take a group of campers and you would go down somewhere and you go camp out somewhere off of the main campsite, right? And uh, every year I was a part of the, the, the waterfront group. I was, I was a ski director and all that sort of stuff. But I would end up going with the canoers and the sailors on their outposts. So I'd take a whole bunch of kids and we would canoe and sail down the, the lake about two, no, about three, four miles to an island. And we just set up camp and we'd have a ball for, for that evening and we'd, we'd play and we'd have a great time. So when it came time for outposts, I was always, I always had a decision to make. And that was, if I'm going to be a canoer or a sailor. Really, really important decision to make. All, it, based on that decision, it determined whether or not I would get to the island ahead of the campers um, and prepare all the, the, the pranks and the jokes on them. Or, or they would beat me and get down there, all right? So here's how I made the decision. If there wasn't wind, if there wasn't wind, I'd be a paddler. I'd be a canoer. Why? Because I'd get another counselor, generally a female counselor, who knew how to... <laughs> you didn't catch that one, did you? Uh, fe generally a female attractive counselor, by the way. <laughs> and I would, I, would, I, would, I would go with her, and we would paddle, 
And usually I had to make sure she knew how to paddle a canoe and steer a canoe. It's amazing how many people don't know how to do that. Because you don't want to be in a canoe with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Amen. (laughs) Trust me, you don't. But that's a side point. So anyway, so I had to make sure, and if she did, it was great, you know? We'd have a great conversation, and we'd move down. We'd get there ahead of the kids. If there was wind, what would I do? <laughs> Sailboat, baby. Sailboat. Because if there was wind, and in Arkansas, you got storms, it's, it's crazy. So if there was wind, you get in the sailboat because you could move. Now, I had no clue how to sail. I'm not a sailor. But I always pick the most attractive right? Great, you know, other, you know, other staff member, and she always knew how to sail. I just sit there, go along for the ride, have conversations. It was great. And yet generally, maybe I could get a date later on, right? That's how this thing works. Come on, people. You didn't do this in college? What's wrong with you? How did you ever get married? Good heavens. All right, so, so we get there. Boom, there we go. Now, here's the thing. When you think about spiritual life, when you think about faith, in fact, there are, there are people who are canoers, and then there are people who are sailors. And this is what I want us to understand this morning, is that God has designed that we are primarily, as believers of people of faith in this life, that we're primarily these sailors. We're sailors. And, and, and the, the reason we're sailors is because the Bible talks about the Spirit of God. So you and I come into faith, we trust God with our lives, we believe in Him, that's called faith, and God implants within us His Spirit, and now we do life not as a paddler, one who works really, really, really hard, not out of works, but out of being caught up in the wind of the Spirit that moves us along in our spiritual lives. All right. Check this out. John chapter 3 and verse 8. John chapter 3, verse 8, so you don't think I'm just talking. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. Listen to this. But do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Remember, remember when Jesus was talking to a guy by the name of Nicodemus, and Nicodemus said, hey, Lord, Jesus, I don't know what it means to be born again. And Jesus went through and began to explain to him. He said, look, you got to be born both of water and of the Spirit. This is Jesus, what Jesus was talking about. Because when you're born of the Spirit, you, you come out and you begin to do life differently. You begin to see things differently. You begin to walk differently. You begin to be carried along through life, not not being directed by anything other than the Spirit of God. That's why we, want, we don't want just religious people. We want spiritual people. Catch the difference. Religious people can paddle through spiritual life. Spiritual people are carried along by the Spirit. And they see things differently and they do things differently. Primarily, they do things differently with the right motivation And not just to do it and not to earn God's approval. Okay, so that's a mouthful. But hang, hang with me. Because here's the thing that we often struggle with and we think about, especially as Seventh-day Adventist Christians. Are you saying then, Pastor Bernie, that if I am of the Spirit, that I don't have to do anything? Well, yeah. But maybe not, too. So hang with us. 
Hang with me through this whole thing, all right? It's, it's that thing I brought up a couple of weeks ago about the idea of faith and works. What is, how does it all play together? What is the role of the believer once saved? How do we figure all this out? But hang with me because it ties in with all this, with all of our lifeline stuff and why we stay fit and why we do what we do. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 20. We looked at this just for a second last week, but I want to go back there again. It says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? All right, we already established that. Do you become a believer? Beautiful thing is that God implants his spirit within us. Uh, who is in you? Whom you have from God. You didn't do it yourself. It was a gift from God. And you are not your own. That'll come into play in a little bit. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So the primary purpose of man, once we become uh, saved by God, is to now spend our lives glorifying God. God doesn't allow us to do that on our own. He implants his spirit within us so that, in fact, we're not operating out of our own power, but out of his power so that we can bring glory, so that we can glorify him because he knows how best to glorify himself. Stay with me. Romans chapter 8 verses 9 through 11 also affirms this notion that you and I, once we become these believers, these faithful people, are now inhabited by the spirit of God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ, verse 10. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death, we get old, we die, we, we go down, because of sin, the Spirit gives life, right? Because of righteousness, verse 11. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life, Give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. All right, so basically what we're saying is God's spirit comes and dwells in every believer. The way that we do life is to maneuver ourselves in such a way so that we can catch the wind of the spirit to move through this life. The Bible calls the spirit a parakletos. That's the Greek word. And basically the idea is that, that the spirit is an advocate the Spirit is an encourager. The Spirit, uh, the, the Spirit is one who comes next, to, comes next to you and comes to your side. You catching that? So as you and I go through this life, we're not alone in this life. We have the ideal and the perfect workout partner by way of the Spirit. So if you were here Tuesday or Thursday night, Brooke was there and she's our expert She's our partner, and there would be people such as myself who would be struggling through something. And she would come alongside of me and say, okay, Pastor Bernie, woo, you're awesome, dude. You can do it. She didn't say that awesome part, but you can do it. You can do it, all right? And, and she would encourage me. That's the role of the Spirit. As you and I walk through this life and we get frustrated, oh, I can't do it. I can't live up to standard. I can't do it. I can't do it. The Spirit comes along and says, no, you're fine. You're good. I'm going to walk with you through this. I got your back. I'm going to be by your side. I'm going to help you. I'm going to advocate for you. I'm going to cheer you on. And that's a powerful thing, man. God doesn't allow us to go through this thing alone. Now, here's what happens. Here's what happens within you and me. 
There's a new understanding about this whole thing. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. <laughs> oh, we got something on up here, don't we? I, should, I can get it, I think. Oh, all right, there you go. All right, check this out. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. So not only does God come alongside of us and support and encourage us, but he gives us new understanding about about this life and what we're doing. So back to the question of what does the believer do? Is it, is it my works combined with, with the Spirit of God or, is it, or do I contribute anything? Absolutely not to your salvation, but you absolutely contribute to participating in God's divine purpose for your life. In other words, you desire to go with God and to be with God, and you understand that he's by your side, and you want to do everything to be with him. So you're not totally passive in the relationship. You don't just sit there like a lump on a log or like a staff person on a sailboat trying to get a date. (laughs) You participate, not in order, and this is, this is absolutely critical, check this out. You participate, not in order to merit God's approval and love. You already got that. God loves you. He saves you. You don't participate just to, in order to merit God's approval. You participate, participate because you are primarily a manager of what God has given you, and that is this awesome body. All right, so, so you work out, you take care of yourself, not in order to earn God's approval. You do those things, you do those things because God already approves of you and he's got big plans for you. And the only way that you understand that, the only way you don't get it twisted and start trying to be one of these people who earns God's merit, you become this super religious works and obedience oriented sort of person to earn God's approval. The only way that you understand that is because of you live, you live under the, the power of the spirit of God. God's informing you and not under the natural world and not under the flesh. All right, this is the way I articulate it. Listen, listen to this part. You are not your own. That's what we learned in 1 Corinthians, right? You're not your own. You're primarily a manager of this life, which includes your body. You're not an owner. That's what the Bible says. The things that you do, the moves that you make, the works that you do, if you will, isn't to gain God's merit as much as it is to manage the life that you have because you're thrilled at the grace of God that he would give you the life in the first place. You know, we all live lives we don't deserve. And the question is, will we squander it or will we live it to the fullest, baby? And you live it to the fullest, not because you're motivated to earn points with God. Give me a break. You can't. You cannot save yourself, so get it out of your head. God's already pleased with you. But he says, I want you to move. I want you to work. I want you to do to maximize this life, this gift that I have given to you. That's why Galatians says this. Galatians says, listen to this, since we live by the Spirit, Galatians 2, uh, 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. 
Does that sound like you're passive and you're sitting and you're doing nothing? No. The imagery there is very powerful. As we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The imagery there originally is that of, a, of, a, of an army, of a platoon, if you will, that marches in step, right? As any of you were pathfinders, you're on the drill team. You've seen how they, uh, with precision, will move in step, and they're all together. And they move as a unit. There's a unity there, and there's an intimacy there, and everybody's in rhythm. If you've ever been to a wedding, and there's actually dancing, it wasn't an Adventist wedding, but some other wedding by your friends. You got there, and they had a dance floor, and people actually got out there and danced, and they were, they were moving together. Then they did the electric slide, right? Did the electric slide. That's a favorite at weddings. And everybody lines up. They start doing their thing, or they did some line dancing. That's keeping in step with the Spirit, and some of y'all struggle with that. <laughs> That's what God's talking about here. That's the imagery he paints. You're not alone in this, in this dance in this life, but you're, you're staying in step with the Spirit who comes alongside of you and supports you and strengthens you. And because the Spirit stands alongside of you and strengthens you and stays with you and you stay in step with the Spirit, God is glorified. Now that's where we struggle is staying in step with the Spirit. Sometimes we have two left feet. Sometimes we're disobedient And we want to do our own thing. Sometimes we're disobedient. We decide, this is my body. I will do what I want to with it. This is my life. I will do what I want to with it. Then we get out of line and we get out of step with the Spirit. And then we start stumbling around and falling, right? That doesn't mean that you have now become out of favor with God and you lose your salvation. That is not what that means. That means you are out of step with the Spirit and you need to get back on the dance floor and start following your lead. That's why scripture is able to say this. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. It's never been about you. It's never been what you could do to merit God's favor. It's always been about God saves. He rescues. He's the lifeline. Jesus is the lifeline. Then he sets you up in a life to live. That's John 10, 10, Christ came and he gives life to the full. And he says, go live. Stop getting hung up on your religion and what you have to do and all these rules and laws and so forth because as my spirit inhabits you, I will give you the rhythm, I will give you the flow. In fact, I will dance with you and we will get it right. Live by the spirit and you will not gratify the lust of the flesh. So every time you decide to live in your flesh, you're going to stumble around and get out of step with God. All right, so we are all managers. This body is not ours. We use it to the glory of God. We work out. We, we exercise. We move. We stay active. Not in order to earn merit, but because we want to be good managers. And here's the, here's the heart of the message right here. Don't miss this. Hang on to this big time. We manage well and we work out hard in our faith so that we can be available to God. Ha. That's money right there. That's, that's it right there. You see, God's spirit inhabits you to bring God glory. 
then as you bring glory to God in your life, and as you're in step with the Spirit of God, and even when you get out of step, the Spirit brings you back, and God holds you accountable, and, and God's going to surround you with some people who are going to you know, help you get in step, like Brooke was helping me. Yeah, sometimes we need people to tell us the truth. Um, love isn't just permissiveness. Love is sometimes just hard truth-telling, and you won't like it. You throw a hissy fit and throw and all that kind of stuff. But in the end... God's going to move you back and get you in, 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 in step with the Spirit so that you can be available to Him to serve His purposes in the world. Amen. You see, my, um, 90% of what I do, I, I'm a pastor, but I'm a speaker 90% of the time. Either I'm speaking in a small group, uh, maybe with a couple or an individual, or I'm speaking in a big group like this on Saturday mornings where I travel somewhere and I talk to a large crowd or a small crowd, whatever. So I have to think about how am I going to take care of what God has given me so that I can be available to him to serve him when he calls. See, the reason you work out, the reason you stay active, the reason you stay fit, the reason you don't want to get sick, the reason you, you eat right is so that primarily, not so that you have a great body and live a long time. Good Lord, if you live a long time, you don't do anything uh, for anybody but yourself, that's a disgrace to God. But if you live a long time and you stay fit, guess what? You'll be available to God. And God will use you. God will take you. And he will, he will put you in places you didn't even have any idea where you're going to be. And God will use you. So we stay fit. We stay ready. We stay faithful so that we are available to God. So that we're available to God. I'm a good manager of what God gave me most of the time. <laughs> And the, the, same, the same principle applies to your money. Think about it. If we manage what God has given us, the old word is steward. If we steward the money that we've been given, then when God calls for something bigger, we're available to give it to God. If I spend everything I got and I don't manage it well, then I have nothing to give God when he calls. Same goes for your body and your life and your health. If you're tired and miserable and you eat poorly and you're staying up late and you're doing all kinds of things against your body that the good Lord gave you, you won't be available to him when he calls. Now, that, that, don't get me wrong. God still calls. In his grace, he still calls uh, us when, when we don't do right. It's crazy how God, you know, God works with these broken vessels. So not all is lost, right? If you had that little Debbie heart cake which I personally prefer, um, this morning with your breakfast. God's not saying I'm not going to call on you today, right? Because <laughs> I would be disqualified. But, um, but God does says, in your life, stay in step with my spirit so that you're available to me when I call. When I call. I'll end with this. Um, I, uh, in college, I also, I was on the basketball team, if you can believe that. <laughs> Brooke, I played basketball. She can't believe it. <laughs> I, I was on the basketball team. Now, I did come off the bench. I was a bench player. Um, that's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Bench player. Um, but yeah, I would come off the bench. 
And uh, I'll never forget, this is the highlight of my college basketball career. I think I was a, maybe a junior or something like that. I was on the team. And um, we played other Christian colleges in the area. This is in Texas. I was at Southwestern. Um, and, um, you know, we had this, we'd go and play these other Christian teams. Well, this is a period in the school year where some of the starters didn't have the best grades. And uh, so I was at one of the point guards. I came off the bench. And, and, and the starting point guard and, and some of the other guys didn't have the grades and couldn't go on the trip. So, so my grades at that point in my college career were actually decent. <laughs> Amen. And, and more than anything, when it was time for practices, I worked hard, man. I, I would hang with those starters. I actually wanted to kind of maybe win a starting position. I worked hard. I ran. I conditioned. I was there early and I stayed late. I would shoot everything. I, I worked hard. I was there. So we get, we get the call. We got to go play a, a team in Oklahoma. It's called Oklahoma Baptist. And they were kind of the team. They weren't the toughest team. They were sort of a mid-tier team. And, um, and, and I was thinking to myself, hey, this is an opportunity. We can go up. And we can play this team and we're going to beat them without the starters. We're going to beat them. And I had a, my buddy, my roommate, he also came off the bench and he got to go too because he had good grades. He had better grades than me. He's really smart. So, so we go. It's a trip. Oklahoma City. It's great, you know. And, and we go up there and we, we beat Oklahoma Baptist. It was the best game I've ever played. It was amazing. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. I was available to the team and to the coach when they called and when they needed me, right? I worked hard. I did what I was supposed to do. I, 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 I studied, made sure I had the grades just above the line just so I could get in and play, right? And then when it came time, when the call came from the coach, I was ready to go out and play and win. Okay, so, so you and I have this amazing opportunity because of the grace of God as we place our faith in him and as his spirit indwells us he gives us the strength to live and to manage life well because the day comes when he calls the day comes and he says look you're coming off the pew baby I need you I need you so that other people can learn about this grace and this blood and this forgiveness that only I offer. And the question is, will you be ready? Will you be available when he calls? Amen. Father God, thank you for the gift of your spirit that inhabits us and empowers us and moves us through this life so that we can bring glory to your name. Father, may we pay close attention and manage this body and this life well so that when you call, we can serve and we can serve well so that others are one to your side so that others glorify you too. In Jesus' name, amen.